Welcome to the Beeson Podcast, coming to you from Beeson Divinity School on the campus of Samford University. Now your hosts, Doug Sweeney and Kristen Padilla. Welcome to the Beeson Podcast. I'm Doug Sweeney here with my co-host, Kristen Padilla, on a platform called WebEx which I bet some of you know about. It's a lot like Zoom and many of us are using it these days. This platform enables us to podcast as we're all sheltered in place during the COVID-19 crisis. Here at Beeson Divinity School, this is the 16th week that we've all been working at home, at least much of the time. Many of us are sick of it, but God's blessings abound, even at times like this. I've experienced during this time of quarantine is my proximity to Wilma, my wife, for more of every day as we both work from home. I don't think she's sick of me yet. At least she hasn't said as much. And I sure have enjoyed being near her during these past few months. How about you, Kristen? Any surprising blessings on your end? I would add to that being with my family um, is such a blessing. And then really getting to know our neighbors. We've seen a lot of neighbors that we've never seen before. So that has been a real joy and blessing for us. I have to agree. We've been doing that as well. Uh, folks, we know this is a difficult and anxious time for many of you, but we are praying that you're experiencing special blessings in the midst of it. Today's podcast is the second episode in a three-part series on the theme of our 2020 Beeson Magazine, being human. There's a spending freeze at Sanford while we weather this current COVID-19 storm here in town, so we can't print the magazine, but you can find a really nice digital copy with audio as well on our homepage, beesondivinity.com. Kristen, will you please introduce today's guest and get this conversation started? Yes. Um, hello, everyone. Uh, we have our own Dr. Michael Pascarello the third with us. He was a guest on the podcast uh, pretty recently last uh, year, and so perhaps you've heard him here before. He is our Methodist Chair of Divinity and Director of the Robert Smith Jr. Preaching Institute at Beeson Divinity School. He's also the author of um, many books, but one I'm going to mention as it relates to today's conversation is Dietrich Bonhoeffer and the Theology of a Preaching Life, uh, published with uh, Baylor University Press. So thanks for joining us again today, uh, Mike. It's, glad, it's good to have you on the show. Well, thank you, Kristen. I'm glad to be here. As I said, you are a guest, um, not too too distant in the past on the podcast and so instead of introducing yourself again we encourage folks to go back and listen to episode 468. Um, so how about you give us an update from corona quarantine um, what have the last um, many weeks looked like for you and um, what projects are you working on these days and anything you'd like to share well sure thank you um, like everyone else, uh, it's been quite an adjustment. I miss being on campus. I miss being with our colleagues at Beeson Divinity School. And most of all, I miss being in person with our students. Uh, when we went into uh, 
having to uh, stay at home, I was teaching a course on John and Charles Wesley, which we finished quite well. And I was very pleased with the work the students did uh, as we continued online. Um, my wife, Patty, is a nurse educator, and so she works from home as well. And like Dr. Sweeney said, um, I've enjoyed just being around her more during the day uh, than I'm normally accustomed to. And, and it's been a really special time for us that we have enjoyed uh, trying new recipes, uh, watching some movies together, getting out and walking around the neighborhood. And like you, uh, I have met neighbors that I'd never seen before. Uh, I'm a regular walker in our neighborhood, but now I see lots of folks out walking at all times of the day and uh, get to look forward to seeing them each day. Um, being at home has given me an opportunity to focus on some projects. I have a book in uh, production with Erdman's. Uh, the title is The Beauty of Preaching. And while we've been at home, uh, I did corrections and revisions for the copy editor's work and then corrections for the first run of the proofs, and I compiled the index. And so it's moving on schedule and due to be published uh, in August, and I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing it. I'm also working on a chapter that will be uh, a contribution to a book of essays with the title, Preaching in the Traditions. And my chapter is Preaching in the Methodist Tradition. So I've been working on that. And then the other thing I've been doing is just starting the background reading to get ready for my fall classes. And I'll be teaching a class in pastoral theology and a class in history and doctrine. So I'm staying busy. And uh, the other thing I would say is it's been a time of much sorrow and sadness as we as God's people really do our best to share in the suffering of the world and seeing the loss that so many people are experiencing on a day-to-day -day basis. And so uh, it's been a time of recognizing uh, how utterly dependent we are on the mercy of God. And, um, and I'm thankful for that. And we pray for the world uh, as God's people. And we look forward to ways we can minister to and serve the world in this time of great loss. Amen. Well, Dr. Pascarello, as I mentioned before, the theme of our 2020 Beeson magazine is theological anthropology, what it means to be human, understood biblically and theologically. And you have contributed a significant piece for this magazine on how theological anthropology connects with practice of Christian preaching. Uh, which is what we want to talk with you about today. You begin that article in a really interesting way. So we thought we'd begin the substantive part of our interview with you by asking you about your introduction. Uh, you say that you're tempted to lament the state of preaching in our time. How come? What is it about the state of preaching that you lament and why? Uh, well, there's a number of things and it would really require a long conversation. So let me give you one that's related to our topic today. Uh, I've been convinced as a, a theologian of preaching, a homiletical theologian and a historian of preaching, that one of the significant missing pieces in modern preaching is an anthropology that is truly worthy of the gospel. Visions of humanity are communicated between the lines in much contemporary preaching, but they're based or grounded in assumptions that we absorb from the culture. Uh, so for example, 
Uh, if we believe that the church should be run like a business and that it provides goods and services or commodities to people who are consumers, preaching then is crafted accordingly and people are addressed in a, in a manner that sounds very much like the culture. But that's a, that's a view of humanity that is not uh, what we believe uh, uh, based on scripture and Christian tradition that we are created in God's image and that in Jesus Christ, we're being restored and renewed in God's image. So one of the things that's concerned me about preaching is just how people come to see themselves through preaching, even though it's often happens quite indirectly and it may go unspoken, nonetheless, in a very implicit way, they're being formed and shaped and also left asking many questions. The primary one being, who am I? To follow on that, um, after you lament the state of preaching, you uh, go immediately into Dietrich Bonhoeffer um, because he has something to uh, teach us and to help us today. Specifically, you draw on some lectures he gave to students, uh, to, to his students in Finkenwalde at his underground seminary. Uh, can you tell our listeners first, uh, who was Dietrich Bonhoeffer? And second, what he said in the lectures that you're wanting us to consider or hear today as we think about preaching and humanity. Sure. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer is remembered uh, throughout the, the, the whole church as a witness to Jesus Christ and a martyr who was executed by the Nazis for his resistance uh, to uh, Hitler's reign of terror. Uh, in the 1930s and 40s. Uh, he was a theologian educated at the University of Berlin. He was a pastor and he was a preacher and he was a teacher of preachers. And Finkenwalde was an illegal underground seminary that was run by what was called the Confessing Church. It was a church that resisted. Uh, it refused to acknowledge uh, the Nazis' uh, very intentional agenda of Nazifying the church as a way of Nazifying all of Germany and the hearts and the minds and the souls of the German people. And Bonhoeffer, uh, rightly so, is remembered uh, for uh, his faithfulness and his hope and just the steadfast work that he did. Uh, the other thing I would say about him that's related to our topic is he was deeply concerned about the way that a vision of humanity had been lost in his day. Uh, he saw in both uh, the dominant uh, theological uh, vision of the German culture, which was liberal Protestantism from the 19th century, and also with the vision of humanity that was being set forth by the Nazis, uh, a way of being and living that had separated people from God and turned them back on themselves to determine by their own will and their own understanding who they were and who they wanted to be and how they would live. And he saw the destructive consequences of that. And so part of an important and integral part of his teaching at Finkenwalde was to bring together in an integrative way theology, the study of scripture, pastoral ministry, 
and preaching. And that's one of the things I love about Bonhoeffer and that he's so instructive and helpful for our time because he shows us how the learning that we receive as we prepare for ministry all fits together and serves the life of the church and the ministry of the church. He, he uh, was an example of that, but then he also shared how to do that uh, with his seminary students at Finkenwalde. Mike, you also make some very important claims about Christology, study the person and work of Christ uh, and its relationship to being human, its relationship to the subject of the magazine, theological anthropology in the context of preaching. Would you help our listeners understand the connection you want them to understand there? Yes. Um, Bonhoeffer was very classical in his confession of the person and work of Jesus Christ, that he is one person, he is fully divine, and he is fully human. And that in, and that in Christ, humanity has been reconciled to God. And so we don't fully know who we are apart from Jesus Christ. And God reveals himself to us in Christ, but he reveals ourselves to us in Christ as well. Now, one of the things that Bonhoeffer was so concerned about was that uh, liberal theology, as well as the thinking of the Nazis, tended to be very abstract and it wasn't concrete. And preaching that is not concrete is unable to address the lived experience of people as disciples of Jesus Christ. And he saw that as the primary task of the preacher, who was a pastor and a theologian at the same time. And in the interpretation of scripture, preaching then gives voice to the word of God who speaks through the human words of the preacher. And humanity then is shaped according to God's will. Now, a key in this, Dr. Sweeney, is that Bonhoeffer did not believe that God's will is to make us religious or spiritual. But God's will is to make us fully human in Jesus Christ, to restore us and renew us in the image of God that we see fully in the incarnate and the crucified and risen Christ. And there's the connection between Christology and preaching and the life of the church. And that was at the center of his teaching and training of preachers. I want to uh, continue this uh, talking about Christology. You wrote in your article this line, the preacher's calling is to follow after the gracious movement of the word and the whole scriptural witness to Christ, which is beautiful. There seems to be two tendencies in preaching, especially when it comes to preaching the Old Testament. Uh, one of those tendencies is um, or would be to not preach Christ unless the text is clearly, so to speak, um, pointing to Jesus. Um, or it's a text that we find quoted in the Gospels or the epistles about Jesus. Or the other tendency is to jump to Christ uh, so quickly that we don't um, talk about the context and what's going on uh, with that particular passage of scripture. So can you tease out what you mean in your statement and what it means to preach Christ in the all of scripture? Yeah, sure. Uh, that was very important for Bonhoeffer that we follow after the word. Um, one of the things that that means is that a preacher is a disciple. And discipleship is not a topic or a theme that a preacher can talk about in a sermon series. 
but discipleship is the way of Jesus Christ to which we are all called. And the way of Jesus Christ is laid out for us from Genesis to Revelation. Now, Bonhoeffer begins with the incarnation, that the eternal word of God became human and that he is the center of reality and everything else must be seen in light of who he is. And that would include the Old Testament and the New Testament that all of scripture bears witness to, points us towards and leads us to Christ. And he is its source and he is its goal as the living word. Now, Bonhoeffer didn't want to get caught up on methodology, which he saw as one of the weaknesses of his training at the University of Berlin. That method overcame or overtook the more important matter of attentive listening, of prayerful receptivity, of humbly opening ourselves to receive what God speaks and what God gives in scripture, which reveals his word to us. And that's what he saw as the primary calling of a pastor who was a preacher. I mentioned at the top of the show that you begin your article in Beeson Magazine by saying you're tempted to lament the state of preaching in our time. But your article really does culminate with a powerful, very positive vision for Christian preaching in our time. And I know we've got a lot of preachers listening to us right now. Uh, would you summarize for them what this vision is? Well, I'd be happy to. I do end in a word of hope, which I believe as preachers we should because our hope is in the gospel and, uh, and our hope rests in God who will be faithful to his promises. That certainly was sustained Bonhoeffer through a very, very dark, dark time. Well, let me read to you something that he said in the first sermon he preached when he became a pastor of two German-speaking congregations in London. This was in 1935. He left Berlin, went to London. This is before he was called to be the leader and the director of the underground seminary at Finkenwalde. And in the course of this sermon, he says to the people about preaching, not our word, but God's word. Yet even so, God's word speaking through ours. This is what makes a sermon something unique in all the world. So completely different from any kind of speech. When a preacher opens his or her Bible and interprets the word of God, a mystery takes place, a miracle. Now, that would be the word I would give, in fact, that I do try to give to my students in preaching classes that it is God's word that speaks through our words as we pay careful and faithful attention to the word that is revealed in scripture. And that the fact that anyone hears God's voice addressing them personally is a miracle of God's grace. We get to participate in that. We can't control it. We can't make it happen. It's not dependent upon us but it does require that we give to it all that we have, all that we receive, all that we know and all that we've learned. And God honors his promises and takes us up and makes us instruments of his living word that speaks the very power of salvation. It's an amazing thing. And I think it's a reason today for us to have hope in the work as preachers. We want to end this conversation with a question about preaching during a pandemic. 
and uh, this is a unique time in our uh, history and there's much discussion today about what ministry and preaching should and does look like in light of COVID-19. What wisdom, um, advice, or encouragement would you give to those listening in pastoral ministry about preaching at this time? Yeah, that's a that's a very important question, Kristen. If I may refer to Bonhoeffer one more time, I found it interesting in studying his sermons. Uh, we have uh, about 125 that have survived that uh, we have manuscripts for, um, and he was a he was a manuscript preacher. He wrote meticulous manuscripts and was very careful with uh, his use of words uh, in order to be faithful to the word. But it's interesting that during the dark time of the war in the Nazi years, he speaks about it very little in his sermons. Uh, one reason is that he didn't want to call undue attention to the congregations where he was preaching because they were under surveillance by the Gestapo and there were Gestapo spies sitting in the congregation listening to him. I think the other reason though is theological and it has to do with the power of the gospel. He didn't wanna to give too much power to the Nazis and what they were doing and what they were trying to accomplish because to speak of them too much, just as to speak of the coronavirus too much detracts or, or uh, turns our attention away from the astonishing good news of the gospel of God in Jesus Christ. Now, that doesn't mean we don't pay attention to the needs and the hurts and the pain and the loss and the grief of people. Uh, as Bonhoeffer would say, to preach the gospel must be done concretely in a particular time, place and circumstance. But the gospel must not yield and it must not give way to something other than itself as the very center and heart of the world of reality, our life and our faith. And so I would encourage preachers as they address the very real needs of people that they do not in any way underestimate or sell short the power of the gospel and all its life giving capacity. Amen. What wise words with which to conclude. You have been listening to the Reverend Dr. Michael Pascarello III, Methodist Chair of Divinity and Director of the Robert Smith Jr. Preaching Institute here at Beeson Divinity School. He is a beloved colleague, a good friend. He's the author of Dietrich Bonhoeffer and the Theology of a Preaching Life, published by Baylor University Press. We are so grateful to you, Mike, for joining us today. And we are grateful to all our listeners for tuning in as well. We love you. We're praying for you. Please stay healthy. Stay in touch. Goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Beeson Podcast. Our theme music is written and performed by Advent Birmingham of the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama. Our engineer is Rob Willis. Our announcer is Mike Pascarello. Our co-hosts are Doug Sweeney and myself, Kristen Padilla. Please subscribe to the Beeson Podcast at beesondivinity.com slash podcast or on iTunes.